and Balthasar Miller. But Balthasar is such a long name. It took most of the classes when I was doing exams to just write down that name. So I, I quickly came up with the short version of it, which is B-A-L-Sat. Some call it Bowls, other call it Bolts. <laughs> it's, in Switzerland, it's, they just call me Bouts, but uh, Bowls is uh, suits, suits well. <laughs> This is the Progression Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Today's guest on the show is the legend. Balls Muller, as you just heard, one of the most inspirational figures in foiling. He's been leading the charge in winging since the very beginning. And as you will learn very soon on this podcast, his energy is infectious. This is one of my favorite podcasts that I'm putting out there. And the way that I judge some of these podcasts is how inspired I am after the show and i think i smiled the entire time that we were recording and could not wait to get back in the water and i've been sending it on the wing a whole lot lately so maybe this is uh apropos the timing here but just incredible to to have him on and to learn from him and to be inspired by him so i think you're gonna love it yeah so stoked all right so before we jump in a couple quick notes if you're not on the forum, check it out. Lots of activity since I mentioned it on the last show. The buy and sell, the marketplace there is incredibly active. It's a great way to buy gear, especially if you're getting into foiling right now. Use gears a lot cheaper and to sell gear if you are upgrading as we all are. I also find that the demographic on the forum is the technical minded and what we're learning there's a thread right now on pump technique that's got 75 posts on it or something like that. And I'm learning through that as well, which is awesome when you can create something that then teaches you just like this full circle, beautiful thing. So uh, check that out if you haven't already. And let's just dive into the show today. This is a good one. I can't wait for you guys to hear it and hit me with questions, comments, feedback and stoked. Send it. Balls, thanks for coming on the show. Been wanting to do this while. How are you? I'm always stoked joining 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 your 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 show. I mean, it's for me, it's a huge honor being part of of your of your whole podcast. I I really appreciate what you're doing. I mean, you're you're bonding the community, and and you're really sharing the knowledge, which is awesome. And yeah, I'm I'm excited talking with you. <laughs> I'm stoked. I've wanted you to have to come on for a for a while now. And I'm stoked that we're finally getting to put this together. So thanks. Thanks for taking the time. You likewise. Where are you? What are you up to right now? Oh, I'm actually enjoying paradise in, in Brazil. I'm a bit north, north of Fortaleza. It's a place called Cherry Quaquara. Cherry. It's mainly a winter thing paradise. 
but it turns out it's freaking insane also for downwinding and obviously as well for winging. So yeah, I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> I love it. And I want to get into your adventure, your journey in downwind, because I know that you're taking that on wholeheartedly <laughs> yeah. now. But what you're best known for is what you've done wing foiling. And you are one of the guys that I look you know, for the last couple of years, I look at it and I'm just be like, I'm never doing that. And what you're doing is outrageous <laughs> on the wing. It's like a whole different, it's like watching like Austin Tovey behind the boat. I watch him and I'm like, <laughs> I appreciate it. That's not going to happen. But uh, well, what you're doing is just in- incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I think wing foiling literally took off to the moon or even further to Pluto. It's, it's insane where this journey leads me. And I'm, if you ask me five years ago where I'm going to be at in, 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 in the future or right now, I would never ever thought that wing falling comes along and comes up into my life. And uh, yeah, it's playing at the moment the biggest role in my life. Every day we're out there creating a new maneuver, a new trick, a new sensation. Ah, it's blowing my mind what's going on right now. It's epic. Give me a little history of your board sport journey, like what you, what, right. when you started, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all that. Well, I'm coming from Switzerland. So I guess it's not well known for being a water sport athlete coming from Switzerland, but I've been, yeah, I've been very lucky growing up in a very sport, sporty family. I got two, two younger brothers and both my parents, they, they've been loving sports since ever. My dad used to windsurf for more than 45 years already. So definitely windsurfing was the very, very base of my water sports career, but also snowboarding. I'm coming from Switzerland. I mean, board sports relates quickly to snow and, and it's insane. Like it, now it all connects finally together. I have the feeling that snowboarding, surfing, foiling, it leads together into this same sensation of just like yeah, fooling around in gravity and having a blast doing, yeah, doing, doing what we love. And I would say, so where it all started definitely was windsurfing and windsurfing is such a challenging sport. It takes ages to get, get along, get started. And I mean, until you do your first jump, it's probably three, four seasons. And then I remember there were times when I was a little kid, I started really early, like six, seven years. Wow. So it's probably already like yeah, over, over 20, 20, 22, 23 years I'm on, on the winter sport and still I'm a beginner. You know, that's what's so ridiculous about water sport or especially about windsurfing. It's every day it teaches you something new. So there were moments when I was a windsurfer that people went to my dad and they, they said, Hey, your, your boys, your kids, they should learn to sail normal. Because we've been like crashing all over the place and we've been known for crashing all day long. And, and my dad, he bought us when we were like 12. Yeah. in this teenage age, he bought us all three of us a helmet just to make sure that he could sail in calm and not has to look after us because we've been a disaster. We were crashing all over the place and there were, uh, yeah, literally moments where people thought that we we're, uh, we're retarded. And then all of a sudden those. I don't know what, what it was, but all this crashing came together and we, we started to stick our first tricks and that's how it goes. And that's still the way, the way it is. I keep crashing all day long, but at the end of the day, a new trick turns out. <laughs> when did you first see 
the wing foil and, and foiling. Yeah. You start foiling on kite or on windsurfing first? I was windsurf foiling, yeah, already since since the very beginning when windsurf foiling came up. I was like, okay. oh, that's exactly what we need in Switzerland. I mean, Switzerland is probably the land with most landlocked surfers missing the ocean because it's full of surfers, but they all like... They all, they all travel to nice places and, and we're lucky to actually come from a, from a country where you, where you can afford to travel a lot. I mean, living, living is nice in Switzerland and although never really the people realized how much of a water sports paradise we're actually living, living in Switzerland. And then falling came along and all these people, they were just yeah, freaking out because you, we could finally play on our lakes and it all made sense. So that was 12 years ago, winter falling came up. Then kitesurf falling was already a thing, but kitesurf falling was always involved with swimming back to the shore or swimming out because mm. the winds are really gusty and really, really challenging. And then I saw Tony Logos, the guy from, from the Hood River involved with slingshot. I've seen him with a super, super small kite where he attached a paddle to it. And I've seen him flying on the winter foil board and somehow that picture brained into, like burned into my brain. And it, it, I mean, it never released me. It's, it's still up there. When I fall asleep, I still see this, this toy flying over the water. That's what I dream all, all night long about now. Just the, this, these unlimited possibilities of fooling around with that handheld wing shield and being unconnected with the board that allows you to do all these crazy maneuvers we're, we're up to right now. That's funny. You know, the first thing that I started geeking out on watching foiling was the, and I don't know his name, the guy from Cloud Kites. True. And, the Maui guys, board riders. Yep. Riding Maui. Yep. He's amazing. Oh, they and, free riding around. He, he's on his dance floor in his own world. Yep. That's uh, definitely an idol for all of us. <laughs> to just watch his style and think about it in regards to surfing because he's so <laughs> low like the way that he rides is I, I just find it just incredible and Real free riding yeah it's just like a really chill it's like the ethos that i would like to put out in my riding yeah. and it was well before i was foiling i was just thinking about it in regards to surfing but just the well, freedom he had. It, yeah the freedom to go in any and every direction not losing speed it's yep. it's insane <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And just the, the ability to ride such a small kite. And I was not a kiter, but mm -hmm. I just thought it was so, so rad. That's cool that you had like yeah. this mental model there. Yeah, definitely. So when I, when I've seen it first, I was so hooked. And in Switzerland, I'm, I was definitely one of the first getting, getting that wing into my hands. And I still remember the first day winging. It was, as I was already a very experienced winter foiler, it, it didn't took that long, but I was straight away hooked and I told the, the girl at the surf station, I told her she got that first example of a foil wing from Duetone and I told her, you, I, I'm not going to give this out of my hands anymore. And she was like, no, I, we still need it for the demo. So I had to, to wait two weeks for that wing. But after the first sensation, I was so hooked. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything else anymore. I was like, I, I, it's all I, it's all I wanted to do. So yeah, the wing, the wing definitely changed my life forever, but so does now all this fall evolution. So does now downwinding to me. <laughs> huh? So does also foil surfing. I'm, I'm, 
I'm experiencing now here the first proper full surf days. And just this morning, it's, I mean, for me, it's quite easy to get the best wave of my life ever because every day literally is the best wave at the moment. <laughs> so this morning I was surfing and I felt like, well, I felt like a professional surfer because I was able to go like around the house, back into the lineup and connecting peaks. And, and, and I even like when I, when I, when I dream of surfing, those would have been the lines I would love to draw. And now coming to fall surfing, it all links together. And oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Do you find you feel naked without the wing in your hand? I don't feel less insecure because I'm always holding on to the wing. And it, even, you know, it's this crazy feeling of when you're at stall speed and dropping with the wing, you're, also, you're always back up straight again. And that's, that's another sensation which... I never experienced before. And now with downwinding, that's a serious thing. I'm back to, yeah, back to the very beginning. Such a humbling feeling, a humanity, humanity feeling. It's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, well, I thought foiling is easy because it, it like over the years I involved and it got it for me, actually, honestly, it got to a point where I thought, oh, you can do anything and everything. And then every day, it teaches you something new. And this is ridiculous about foiling. Even the best foilers in the world, they do a taco. And then you also this morning, Miso, he's, he's not local here, the Brazilian yeah, super yeah. flow rider. He's such an idol for me. I mean, when I see him, he surfs on the foil, like as aggressive as a shortboarder. The way he connects the lines and how he reads the lines, how he, how he attacks the white water. To me, he's such a, an idol. So this morning I saw him crashing and I was like, mm, even he, he's failing sometimes. I thought he's like the most insecure foiler in, on earth. So yeah, it's ah, so nice. <laughs> Why do you think it is that so many wind sport guys, kiters, wind surfers have moved over to wing foiling and you don't really see it going the other way, or at least I don't. What is it about the wing that's drawing people in? From the, from the wind sport world? Well, it connects all the possibilities. So we can go upwind, we can go downwind, we can jump. We, we, can, we can literally do like all the other sports can offer, except with the, with the only difference that it's all connected way more with flow because you're, you're literally so free. It's pure freedom winging. You can release the power of the wing. That's not possible in, in all the other wind-driven water sports. And I mean, this is probably the, the biggest thing that it's just the pure freedom you have winging along. And you can do it all alone. You can do it together with friends and you can do it in any conditions. And one wing and one board, I guess, covers hell lots of conditions. And that's what makes this sport so simple and, and fantastic, fantastic. The, uh, it's an interesting one. Winging for me, I hated it at the beginning. I felt <laughs> something that I should learn. And the only reason I learned it was because the days that would be good for winging were just not good for anything else. And so I was like, all right, well, true. you know, I want to get on the water. I want to do this, but I quit so many times. And I have to say now, what, about a year and a half later, I absolutely love it. I'm having well, like tomorrow is going to be going off. I think <laughs> yeah, you can't wait again. <laughs> yeah, wait. I think Mike, Brian, and I are going to send tomorrow. And there's an inlet south of us. It's a north, a hard north wind, and the ocean's kind of blown out. Actually, Brian and I just sent a six mile runner today that was Whoa, incredible. Freaking. It was like full on head high, 
swell slash bumps. Standing, standing bumps. Oh, <laughs> the dream. We were going so fast. Like it was bonkers. Yeah. It was a really good run. And, but tomorrow it's going to be too big. And we're going to go down to this inlet where the swell wraps on the inside. The wind will be like side offshore in there. And just to have that as an option when. Yeah, true. It adds up all the possibilities. Like my wife, for example. And that's also a very interesting point. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts about it as well. My wife, she experienced her first ever downwind today. And, yeah. Um, I told her, yeah, cause she's, she's, she's a very advanced winger. She loves windsurfing and whatever, but she never really went downwind. She was always like just limited to go straight forward and back, like all the water sports guy do, most of them. So she experienced her first downwinder. Uh, Miso was the guy observing the whole, the whole thing together with a friend. So there were two girls struggling to go downwind, having a hard time. And Miso was so kind that he, he, he not, he not left them all alone out there. But she came back and she told me, it's a total different surfing. You go straight down the line. And like almost she compared it with going down the ski slope. Cause down, down the ski, uh, ski slope, there's definitely one direction only. You know, you go down, downhill. And that's what I experienced the last days as well. It's like you're doing these long curves, connecting the swell. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm on one side, I'm, Almost frustrated that she's now getting hooked as well. On the other side, I'm super stoked. So maybe, maybe one day we can do it all together. But at the same time, I guess now she's hooked as well. Cause I've been downwinding the last, yeah, the last week I went every day on a downwinder and she kind of like yesterday, she was like, do I miss something? Do I need to experience this as well? And I was like, mm, maybe. <laughs> and now I guess she's, she's hooked as well. So yeah, how to get into it? Because a very close friend, Oda, she's a professional windsurfer as well. She started downwinding with me these days here. And we had a few epic disasters. We called it epic disaster because it was a disaster. We learned so many lessons going down downwind. So first of all, on her very first day, we took a run, which was yeah, way, way too long, like six miles. It was nuking winds. And she thought, she's very eager, she thought she can do it. And I was like so dumb and I was just like, sure, we're going to do it because it's going to be fine. And then first, to get up on the board, it's almost impossible if you if you're not have experienced such a small board before. So already on the takeoff, like before flying, we realized it's going to be almost impossible. And then the motivation went down like straight away. So I realized... First of all, a downwinder always takes longer than you expect. Don't have too big goals because you will not succeed when you, when you expect something from it, something big. And then third of all, and most important, just always have a plan B. So during this downwinder, we realized ah, maybe we stop at the kite station and she could take a wing. So then we could swap the wing over and we'll be maybe fine. Mm. And then we swapped. She started with the wing, but then she realized her setup, the board, the foil, everything, anything was not right. So even with the wing, she could not get going. So we were, we, we had this beautiful downwind ledge in front of us, but we, we could not succeed. And then midway, we said, all right, you know what? We call it a day. She took a boogie and me, I was blasting the, like the rest of the downwind. But I think what really, really helps learning downwinding is just, to get used to the equipment beforehand. And there comes winging. As 
as winging really gives you the opportunity to just dial in on your equipment, dial in on foiling, dialing on connecting the swell and going downhill. And I think that's why I'm, I'm having so much fun now right away in downwind because that's what I love doing on the wing as well. And it's just way more fun on the, on the, on the, on the downwind sub now. And I expect it to be even, even crazier on the prone. Like prone downwinding must be like <laughs> the ultimate sport. It's, yeah. Wow. It's, I'm in love. <laughs> oh my, man. I, I've got this new mid length five, six board that I've been riding in almost everything. I, I wing it. I ride it prone now. And today. And you could do I, prone downwind with it? So you can't chip offshore, but yeah. our beaches here in the way like today, I did it. It was a downwinder that I did today pretty much, but I chipped on the beach and then just over the first, you know, half a mile worked my way offshore to the downwind line. Which is a lot of work in the end. <laughs> Not today. Today it was like I got too far out at one point because it was really easy. Today is about as good as it gets here and you could just go left out to sea as much as you wanted to. Um, so, wow. so fun. You know what we're thinking about doing right now? A couple of, our, of us have this board and we're thinking, have you seen, I think Cloud9 makes it? Like the, the anchor, the, the wing. Yeah, we, we have the anchor. We have the anchor leash with us here. And you, I guess if you're three guys and one wing with an anchor leash, you guys going to be all fine on these mid lengths. Cause we've been like the other day in the evening, we've been fooling around with, with that anchor, anchor leash here at the point. We were literally just using it to get take off. And the waves were so freaking small that we could, we could barely paddle into the waves. Mm -hmm. But then we had like pump pumps for about four minutes and we just dropped the wing at the peak and then the other guy took the wing and we 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 pumped we pumped rounds but we haven't took it downwind yet but i guess this is fantastic that's what we want to do we want to you know just paddle offshore and then one guy gets up wings back drops the wing to the next guy he gets up indeed does it indeed. again and then the, the last guy just wings along you do a few miles that's, <laughs> that's the case that's the yeah. case we, we've been like, but, but you know what? You can also have these wings, these wing leashes. That's what I've seen in, in Tenerife a few, like last winter. They have these bags, like wind sacks, wind bags. Yeah. And then they drill holes in the back so the water rinses through. So like this, even, even the last. Oh, did I drop you? The fly eagles, which will be, I guess. The best way to do it. So you, 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 you kind of like get up on the wing, all, all of the guys. And then you just like drop the wing. He's slowly drifting downwind and you guys just enjoying the flight. That's going to be the future. <laughs> I, so, because then you could do it. You could send these downwind runs, you know, basically prone. And True. if someone falls, the, guy, the wing just catches up, gives him the wing. True. Back up and going. Oh, and that's, you know, that's also, I guess, for progressing, that really gives you this safety that you can turn as radical or aggressive as you want or wish to. Because that's what I felt now downwinding. I'm getting like slowly but surely down on smaller equipment. But always when I'm on the small equipment, I don't want to fall anymore because it's going to be a hassle to get back up again, you know, in, in my stage now. But yeah. if you're sure that you will get up again, you're going to surf. Yeah, you're going to surf your lungs out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> what are you riding... I want to talk mostly wing, but since we're talking downwind right now, we'll stay here. What are you, what are you riding right now? I've seen that whiteboard that you posted on. 
Yeah, the whiteboard is, that's a, a prototype we've done mainly for wiggling out in flat water. So this, I would say I, I adapted all my equipment to the, to the flat freshwater lake where I'm living at, where basically we're having 365 days, perfect pump foil conditions. So that's what I'm mainly doing. I'm pump foiling at well conditions. <laughs> but you know, the pump foil scene is growing insane in Switzerland. And all these guys just, just recently, I mean, on, on my WhatsApp, the chats are exploding now about all the downward possibilities we have back home. Cause apparently the last day has been just insane back home. I'm, I'm sort of missing out back home. I, I wish to be there now, right now, but then on the same high, same, same side, it's, it's getting freaking cold back home. So. Well, that's the, that's the story of my equipment back home. We're pump oiling. So I mainly did a lot of flat water training on a, on very efficient takeoff material. Let's say a huge foil that gets me up super easy with almost no effort. But then I realized quickly coming here into the, the real, real downwind conditions that all that fresh water training helps a lot in regard of technique and stability. But with the bumps, it's a whole other story. You really got to like, you got to observe way more observed on the takeoff. Sometimes I think it should just happen and it's not. So, yeah. The, what I love about downwinding, I think the most, like on a day like today, it was like probably a 10 out of 10 difficulty. Just <laughs> there was so much chaos happening, but Cross water, everything. <laughs> Yeah. And, but when you were in, and there was a, a moment in it where I just was seeing the matrix today was just epic. And I think I had two or three moments on the run where probably for almost two minutes, I didn't pump and, wow. you know, just from swell to seam to swell to seam. Connect. I connect oh. the small bumps. That's, yep. that's what I'm learning here. And that's what Olda, my friend, she had to experience as well. She's on a huge foil, a thousand eight hundred and the big rollers those were the ones they always attract everyone and anybody so she was attracted by these big rollers but they were rolling way too quick and she could not step up get up on these ones so i told her forget about these head high swell rollers go into the like 20 yeah like knee high small wind pop bumps and that's when she actually got up and that's when she realized that you that you there's so much more energy in this in this beautiful playground out there than just, just the big, beautiful aesthetic waves. There's like the smallest wind, wind lump has that much energy or even more energy as these big rollers. Yeah. Here Crazy. times it's much easier to chip on the small bumps than it is on the swell. I mean, almost nine out of 10 True. times we're looking for just the steepest, most compact bumps because it's not like Hood River here. I mean, we just did that trip. Yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. I'm thinking of going to the Hood River, which is next year. I really want to make it happen. You guys just made it look way too good. We're <laughs> going back. But you know, I've been, I've been dreaming of this place over, yeah, more than 10 years already for windsurfing mainly. And I guess it's going to be downwinding, which gets me there first. <laughs> I would love to overlap when you're there and just see. Yeah. I'm you. hoping it happens next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me know. Uh, I'll go out there and watch. For sure. Amazing, man. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by, by these, these new sensations of observing the water surface in a whole new vision. I never, 
I never thought about this playground. You know, for me, the ocean is like the most beautiful playground on earth. You can literally do whatever and however you want to. And I mean, it's like, it's like I'm always moved back to when I was a child, when I'm getting out on the water. Because from the very moment I step into the ocean or I step onto the lake, I can just be creative and have fun. And that's, that's so unique in the world we're living it right now with all the hassle and yeah, just also all that speed and that's going on. And, and downwinding for me, that really about things insanely. It's yeah, like pure meditation. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it feels like in slow motion when I'm downwinding. Not that I'm going slow, but I'm observing with all my energy, the, the, the little bumps that it like, it feels like everything goes down in slow motion, but at full speed. And this, like this hyper-focused meditation yeah. gets me, it gets me goosebump every time I'm, I'm out there. And, and then I taco and back into the water. <laughs> I had one of those moments today. The, the run was so intense today and I was so locked in watching everything that I got to where we were going and there's a stretch of beach that all looks the same. Yeah, I was pretty sure I was there, but I couldn't believe that I was there already. It felt like it was like half that we were machine. Past, but, but it felt like my machine and to where I actually called my wife on my watch from the water and said, hey, check my location. Am I at the wrong spot? Am I right? And she like, <laughs> looked at it. She's like, no, you're there. I was like, like <laughs> I couldn't believe that I was there already. It was, it was like such a weird feeling, man. Into a new galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, that's wow. No, I'm I'm just I'm just so thankful that we get this chance to yeah to to explore the water the water surface in in all these new disciplines and and I always want to mention do it all don't never ever stick just to one sport it's it's a it's a, it's a loss loss of possibilities and 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 I also want to add that even my winging the last few days progressed a lot as I'm. As I'm really getting into new, yeah, again, it's, it's putting something new together and that helps even in the other sports. So let's, it all connects. It does. I believe that wholeheartedly. You mentioned creativity there and then you mentioned cross-disciplinary training. And those are two I, things that I think about all the time, you know, like, and, and I don't know if you've heard it on the show. I've talked about it a few times with like Kyleni. Yeah, I guess, Schweitzer. I guess, yeah, exactly. And in his, in looking at Kyleni. He's definitely a role model also for me. I'm a really passionate kite surfer. And in windsurfing, there's always this hate around kite surfers, which that usually it only exists on the, until the very moment that these persons start to kite. Then they're normal and fine again with it. And the same happens in surfing. We're here located in Cherry. It's a longboard paradise. And I mean, the guys on longboard, I've been longboarding yesterday as well, just just to feel it again. And I was enjoying it. I was having so much fun switching feeds and whatever. I was just like sessioning it. But then on the other hand, today when I was on the foil, it all linked, it all linked together. And I, I had the time of my life. And then you see these guys, they look at you and they're like, they're, they're so angry. I've even seen a, a situation here that two longboarders, a shortboarder and a longboarder, were interfencing. The other guy took rocks in his hand and he was like smashing the rocks together. And then am I, I'm so confused and I just, I just appreciate so much that with the foils, we can get away from the mass. And that's what I'm doing here literally now with the downwinding. I just leave the long borders at the point or go early morning and ride the shoulders. Or I just go for the downwind runs and I'm having like all that freedom, like the longest waves of my life by far. 
I'm surfing like 45 minutes on, on one wave, I would almost say. And then I see these guys sitting at the point all together, shoulder next to shoulder, and they like look at, at each other. They should just open their mind and do any and every sport and just appreciate each other. And, and the, the, the luck we, just the chances we have to be out there and having, having all these beautiful possibilities. It's such a weird one to me. You know, and I used to be a closed-minded shortboarder. Mm -hmm. I was a guy who up until I was probably 20, well, actually probably early 30s, probably early 30s, I would only really ride something if it was 510 to 6'4". I get it. I understand it 100%. Yeah, I understand it. But I got hurt and in training, I started subsurfing and, and it was something that I had hated on so much, but it was the first thing that I could do to get back in the water. And I love the water. for the knees and back. A new overview. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for that because that was the first thing that opened my mind. And now with what we're feeling on the wing or what I, you know, I'm not feeling the same things that you're feeling, but you know, the freedom of it or the yeah. downwinding, if you could just give surfers just a touch of that, they would be blown away by how incredible it is. Honda. You there? Yourself. There's so many possibilities. You just out broke there. up there for a second, right? When you started to say 100%, <laughs> broke up. Just, just don't, don't, don't limit yourself. That's uh, definitely, definitely the case. L let's go back to the creativity and, and the, the doing of multiple sports. Do you take on connect in a kind of way with kite surfing? And I was back in the days, I was always hating on kite surfing. From the very beginning, when I actually learned, it was not hate. It was just jealousy, I would say. And that's the main difference. That's what, that's where you need to really make the cut. If it, if you're really hating on it or if you're just jealous that the other guy is like boosting through the air or whatever. But anyway, in my, in my opinion, you just got to take the glimp of all the disciplines and connect it and uh, make the best out of it. And that's what's happening at the moment in winging, in wing freestyling at, at least. Like you Are see you, the guys starting handle passes, it's, it's out of this world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you approach learning new tricks? I dream, I dream of, of new tricks every, every day. I, I, and that, you know, I often also wake up sweating and I have these very re, re, real dreams that I kind of like flip over the Nicaragua falls and I just keep spinning, 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 spinning. It almost turns into a nightmare. But I love dreaming about surfing. And, and I, I, I guess that really links it together because if you want to learn something, it's so important that you can visualize the possibilities or the maneuver and that you can close your eyes and that you feel yourself or see yourself in that weird new movement from 360 degrees, like all around you. And these days with, I mean, with all the possibilities we're having with these Insta360 cameras with like even a smartphone, we, we get the chance to film ourselves and to, to get a way better understanding of what's actually going on. Cause often, I mean, you on your show, you're often talked about like how it actually feels and how it looks like. Mm -hmm. But if you're not able to understand what you're facing, you will, you will not even get to the point of trying it. Yep. And that's. That's something that's really, really helped me. 
And especially coming from Switzerland in the winter months, there was often, let's say, three to four months, it was just way too cold to get out on the water. And during that time, I often dreamt so much about surfing. I even went to bed at six in the evening just, just to get under the pillow and dream about surfing. And in my dreams, I created a pool underneath my house. And in that pool, there was like warm water, a steady wind machine, a wave pool or whatever. And I played in that pool and I had that main mind game for over multiple years. I lost it in the last few years again, but I was playing in my mind in that pool, all the tricks I faced afterwards on the water. And then when the winter season came to the end, I, I, I went to the water again and I sort of was impressed that I lost anything. I, I mean... In the autumn, I was always like reaching a height of, of new tricks or, or a new level. And then I thought, oh, during the winter, winter reach, I'm going to lose it all, you know, and the same with injuries. But then with just with that case of dreaming about tricks, I progressed so much that when I went back on the water the first day again, after three months not sailing, I boosted like up to the moon and like everything links together and it, it all actually turned out the way I dreamed it. And I so love. dreaming definitely helps. I dreaming love. definitely. You know, I and build an environment. Like you, you got to be in a comfortable environment, dreaming that you're in that comfortable environment and then make that comfortable environment reality. Because every, everybody hates getting to, to the edge of the comfort zone, but you got to face, like you got to ex- expand your comfort zone. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to learn a backflip, for example. And I'm almost 100% sure, Eric, you could do a backflip on the wing. It's only a matter of getting you out of the comfort zone and you would spin around because the foil does it. It's, it's not the rider. The foil does the backflip. Can, so, can I do it strapless? You probably could do strapless it's, backflip. That's that not ra- a, ra- but it's just gonna, it's just gonna add maybe extend the comfort zone a little bit longer. That's. Miso, Miso is the best example. Like he's surfing with so much flow and he doesn't really want to face the backflip because he's scared. But I'm, I'm telling him, man, you can do the backflip. Eight year old kids can do the backflip. It's only a matter of like leaning backwards and pushing the wing above your head and off you go, you know. So it's all about that takeoff. But there comes the other question, the big but. Do you want to do it? Do you need to do it? And I guess. That's what's so nice about falling, even if you're just fooling around and flying. Yeah, fly, free riding around you, like it's so fulfilling. You you don't need to flip around on the foil. And that's what I love so much about it. That's what my dad loves about it. That's what uh, all my friends love about it. So go, going back real quick to the pool that you designed and where you were mind surfing. I think this is really interesting. It's not something I've talked about on the show in a while, but I used to talk a lot about mental representations and the stages of mental representation and where, you know, at the beginning, you don't know anything. You don't have a representation. You just go out there and you flounder around and then you start to feel something and then you start to pick out people who might be doing it at a higher level. You start to model them and that becomes your mental representation. And then at some point you start to create, you get to a point where you're good enough and you understand you've mapped that uh, reality. What's going to happen? But yeah, yeah, the reality. Yeah, the, yeah. Yep. And then, but the final stage of this, which I've talked about, and you're the first person that I've actually heard explain it almost in the exact same way that I think about it, 
is mm-hmm. you get to a place where you can create your own mental representations of things you want to do in the future. I think that's beautiful. I mean, the way that you just explained well, it right there is is I like think, really incredible. And you know, it was even a Pervento Mobile. I'm calling it that way because there's a wind machine and then there's a windmill on the other side. And so like the windmill powers the wind fan. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think it's very important that you that you create this this yeah like this comfortable surrounding. It's true. Can you talk about a trick that you created in your mental pool that then you were able to do? And oh, the, yeah, oh, the, the shifty the, <laughs> in windsurfing. I actually have a. I I think I have a windsurf game changer trick which which grew up in that pool. So the shifty was a trick. Many, many people tried that trick for not that certain trick, but hap- it happened to get into that uncontrolled rotation. So it's like a, a corked back rotation. So you're doing a backflip with a 360. And okay. it, it was about 16 or 15 years ago that I learned the shaka, which is a basic freestyle trick nowadays. And, and then I always, while learning, I always did the mistake that I spinned. It's, it would be a flat 360, but I spinned into this inverted rotation and it was out of control. And people, it got to the point, people are telling me, stop doing shifties. It's not good for you. And I broke the nose trying it and, um, and almost died. I was concussion, like unconcussed in the water. I was dreaming about this sensation. I actually had it with a new trick just a few weeks ago when something that goes really, really quick shows up in slow motion and it's just like the belly goes whoop (laughs) and you're like, wow, that's something I'm hooked. It's like a truck. So that shifty, for me, this feeling was, I was so addicted to the feeling, to this spin. It's uh, It probably, it spins you in in one second upside down and all around. And you don't even know what's going on. It goes so quick. But then I tried to step that trick into little pieces. And in my dream pool, I saw me doing that trick in super slow motion. And then I realized, hey, I can stop this fast rotation. And, uh, and well, I did it. And then I stopped this fast rotation. And I'm, I'm probably or definitely the first person stopping that fast rotation on the windsurf equipment. And then... The guys, they were like, like, they couldn't believe it. And then I sticked it in competition about 13, 14 years ago. And now you would not believe, but now this trick, which seemed impossible, is like in the first rounds done at, during the competition. And I guess dreaming of a maneuver and stepping it down to the very, very basics of, of a trick really helps getting into something new. And uh, yeah, that was like, the shifty was definitely the best example. And I still haven't succeeded doing that shifty in wing foiling. That's still on my bucket or dream list. <laughs> um, talk about the evolution in tricks right now in wing. Because if you look at a video, oh. you know, top, top <laughs> athletes wing surfing, you know, three years ago to today, it looks like a completely different sport. It's been, I mean, the curve, the growth curve is just insane. What, what accounts for that? Well, definitely the youth is taking over. And I mean, the average age at the last, at the last competition was around 16. So that's a, it's so weird. I'm, I'm feeling like a grandfather. I'm 29 years old and I'm definitely one of the oldest guys on tour. And it's, it's ridiculous just seeing these kids 
fearless, throwing themselves into double backflip rotations, quadruple rotations. It's, oh man, it's, it's, you know, it's frustrating as well, because I guess very soon we're going to see maneuvers, which I will not succeed doing anymore in, in my life. Cause I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm physically, it's not going to be possible that I'm going to do these maneuvers anymore because I'm not enough flexible. I'm too heavy for these kind of quadruple rotations or whatever. So looking at it right now, it's just it's like in gymnastics, it goes through the roof. I mean, the potential of winging, if you ask me four years ago, a backflip, we all thought and agreed, oh, it's not going to happen in winging. It's impossible to flip that weird wing and you're unconnected to the board. It's going to boost you apart, the G-forces. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we made it happen. And then the front flip came along and, oh, I... I am, I'm, I'm scared. And at the, right now, at the moment, I'm facing a list of three maneuvers I need to learn for the next competition coming up in less than three weeks. And I exploded already three wings trying it because I'm, yeah, I got to get back to that pool, to that safe environment when, where if I'm failing, the wing would not explode straight away because it's, it's going to be a very expensive learning curve right now. I mean, I don't want to be a dad of such a young, talented kid right now because he's gonna he's gonna face a crazy learning curve i mean they're gonna be a lot lots of exploded leading edges right now with with the latest evolution of wingfall tricks <laughs> hopefully people have some incredible sponsors definitely that's what's needed and um my wife and also me were closely involved with ncs and we're about to build up that broker team right now because when we, when we realized this wing foiling sport, it's such a quick and super fast involving sport. And the people which really, really drive this sport at the moment going to be young kids, but you don't even know if they keep winging in one or two seasons. And this is ridiculous. Maybe they, they fall in love with the first, first girlfriend or they, they, they start learning downwinding. That could be an option. No, but it's just uh, right now we just got to give the chance to these young talents that they can get creative and yeah, going mad with the wings. And definitely my role is, is changing right now a little bit. And I'm more stepping, I would not say I'm stepping to the outside, but it goes so quick that I have to, I have to agree that probably I'm not going to be, I'm not going to beat these kids anymore. That's such a humbling and crazy feeling. And although I'm, I'm as motivated as ever to learn these tricks, I just realized that it, they're not going to happen just overnight anymore. So I, it needs way more nights now. I, I got to dream longer and try hard. <laughs> Keep trying hard. <laughs> how do you feel about that? And how are you dealing with that as an athlete and a, and a competitor? Well, uh, it, you should ask that question to my wife because Eva, my lovely, my lovely wife, she has to handle me and she's turning crazy. But you know what helps most is my lovely daughter. And I just need, I, I mean, I just need, I just need to take it calm and appreciate the beautiful living we have as a young family. And I mean, also this morning, I, I was able to body surf with her here in the, you know, next to the beach. And it's so nice to just like share, share this this law for the ocean to the next generations and maybe this is going to be my upcoming future just law sharing the sharing the law for the ocean and and also opening the eyes of 
of these young kids that they're capable of doing something which is as ridiculous as what we're doing and just make sure that they're surfing less on the internet and more on the real waves. I think that's my main goal. So in what you're talking about right now in wingfoiling with, you know, the majority of the new talent being at the 16-year-old mark, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen that happen yet in prone foiling or downwinding. Oh, it will, I guess. Maybe not because you need to be more experienced reading the water surface. You think it's, I mean, do you think that's what it is? I mean, what accounts for the youth being so dominant and prolific in well they pick it up i think you know wing foiling it offers that dream of flying and as a young kid playing with a kite i see it with lotta my daughter she's so in love with playing with with kites like if she sees a kite she's she straight want to get up to the lines and just hang on that bar i think it's like it's we all have that dream of be being a, a bird and just fool around in the air Although I never got as close to that feeling ever before as when I'm downwinding right now. I feel like a seagull when I'm going down the, the water surface. It's, it's ridiculous. But well, I think we need, we down, let's say downwinding is not attractive for the youth. That's for sure. Cause they, they don't, they, they will, they will not, they need it instantly. And especially the youth, which is growing right now, they can't really like separate anymore of virtual reality and real reality. And I guess for them, it needs to be straight here and straight there. And prone surfing, you got to paddle out and that's already a hustle. And then downwinding, yeah, you got to chip the chop and whatever. That's too much for them. And winging, you just take the wing in your hands and off you go. So maybe that's why they get attracted. But I'm almost sure all these youth kids, which getting into winging right now, they will end up being a prone downwinder one day and doing prone backflips. <laughs> I mean, I never would have thought that I'd be winging or, or even yeah. downwinding, really. You know, if you said yeah. that three years ago to me, I'd be like, nah, I just like prone. But now I love those as much. Yeah, true, true. Oh, it's all going to come. I'm very excited to see where this, this future gonna going to guide us and lead us. I'm almost sure prone. And also, I probably you've seen that Greek guy who's like a professional water ski dude. He's doing those weird spins and flips out of flat water, pumping backflips, mm-hmm. Nicolas. I mean, this, if, if we're gonna, in Switzerland, I see a lot of young kids getting into pump pulling and they all dream of the waves. So eventually they all gonna connect it. They're gonna cha- chase the waves and they're gonna do the craziest maneuvers, air, aerial acrobatic gymnastic tricks in the surf and that's i mean that's what's happening at the moment on the wsl it's it's pretty much gymnastic dudes doing crazy tricks linking them into the tube <laughs> and actually actually yesterday i had i've had a new sensation in wing falling i started to to surf the wave like in windsurfing mm-hmm. and in windsurfing that we have this trick called the wave 360 that's when you have the pocket like this this wave peeling downwind and then you carve into that pocket and you literally just draw yourself through the through the lip at 360 and you land in front of the waves again and i realized we can do it with the wing so now i'm working on the on the wing wave 360s probably probably maybe i'm gonna stick in the next competition that would be a dream you want me to leave that in the podcast or keep that yeah. secret so you can no no it? no it's it's open to everyone i i mean and that's also something and 
I'm a very weird competitor because I, I love, I, I love competing. I mean, that's, that's for sure. But I, I hate losing and I hate winning because uh, when I'm winning, I know the other guy lost. And then the opposite way, I knew all the other guy won. So there were moments I was crying when I won against my friend. And I thought, oh, fuck, actually, we should have both just won in a, in a kind of way. And the only reason why I'm still competing, it's quite simple. The days before the competition, that's when we all come together. We hang out. We, we extend the possibilities. And, and you know, these athletes, they won't listen to that podcast because they're too busy surfing. I always have the feeling because they're very busy training their five, six tricks, which they stick the whole year during the competition. But that's their mistake and their fault because I love trying new tricks and I love sharing new tricks and I love creating new tricks together with the community. So, yeah. You, is that one of your favorite places to be? I mean, just along with your tribe. Do you feel that in other places in life or do you mostly get that feeling at the contests in those days ahead of it? Oh, I'm... Definitely you feel alive the days before the competition and then there's a big, big hole after the competition or even during the competition. Because most of the guys that travel all, all around the world for uh, literally selling seven minutes and then they're out of the comp. But the days before the comp, that, that vibe, everyone realizing, oh, I, I should have trained more. There would have been this trick possible and that and this. Ah. But, you know, it also changes a little bit lately because with social media, if something happens two hours later, the whole world sees it. And that's ugly in a, in a kind of way because it loses this romance of coming to the competition and showing this new trick, which the world hasn't, haven't seen before. And it happened to the last, in the last competition, it actually happened just like this. So there was this Spanish guy. He learned the, the handle pass, this weird, crazy trick three months ago and he tried to keep it secret until the competition and the day before the competition it got boosted out on the world wide web so that's but still i'm i'm still i'm still loving the competitions just for the reason that it gets us together and that it's combining combining the athletes and there's a creative vibe around it as well like everyone knows oh i got to step it up and we do step it up sometimes like the day before the competition because, you know, you got to like, you got to face that trick and you got to get out of the comfort zone and you got to make it happen. <laughs> and it's tough when you're in those moments and everyone else is sending to not send. I mean, it's all competition. And even though it's not the competition, it's still a competition if all the guys are out there. And how many what? times has the best session been the one before? Always, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, always. And then afterwards, we all drink a beer. We like bump that we missed out on our chances or whatever. But hey, the next competition going to come up very soon and we're going to have the same vibe again. <laughs> Maybe we should just do competition every weekend. So then like Sunday competition, Saturday, everyone's going to boost and send hard. <laughs> Here in Florida, we have the pump foil race. Which Oh yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, I mean, the pump foil race, like uh, that's cool, but the... The, the second day, they do the best trick, but True. the sessions around the event are what you're saying. It's what you go for. I mean, that was the, the, the night before was just epic. Everyone was out. The waves were good. Ah, true. That's the moments we live for. That's the moment. And I think the sport really progresses through it as well. And I mean, it's anyway, in, in, in the case of wing foiling, I guess also prone foiling and surf foiling, 
it's it's ridiculous the amount of money we would earn if we would win the competition that's not the case we're doing it you know it's it's right. definitely for the community and just to to also and and then there comes the huge huge point development of gear it's it's ridiculous ridiculous what's going on and before competition you should not change foil before before an event but we do like i know no other sport i expect in no other sport people would share their formula formula one car the day before the competition but we do i i mean even with kane when when i met kane in tarifa for the first wing foil events we shared foils even during the during the event so and i mean this is such a humbling feeling and that's i think that's 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 something that surfing has his own his own rules i would say it's just we love sharing we love sharing our equipment and and sometimes or most of the times it's a it's a, a mind opener as well when you ride your competitors equipment i mean there are huge difference in on the wing foiling scene at the moment there, there are people which have their front foot 5cm higher than the back foot. And I mean, huge, huge difference. And in a kind of way, they all get along. But that's, I mean, wing foiling is definitely not as styled in as, as, as prone foiling yet. But it's, it's getting there and that's nice. Yeah, I think there's so many more options in wing foiling because you're powered. And true. so it opens up your, your, your guardrails aren't as strict. True, true. You know, that's what I experienced also on your foils. I've been, I'm actually a big fan of your foils oh, for thanks. a simple reason. It's, you know, those are power foils for, I would not say for silly dudes, but for heavier, normal people. And the whole industry is, no, but the whole industry is producing damn small foils and no one can write them. Yep. And then everyone, it's like with the surfboard industry, everyone wants to be on a super small board, but you, you're not surfing the small board, you're surfing the, the comfortable, easy going board. And your foil, especially in lighter winds and in Europe, a close friend of mine, he bought the whole set of you. So I, I, I've, been trying, I, I've been trying them all and I, I really like them in, in terms of they're easy to use, they get going early. And there comes also a point when you're learning something new and you're underfoiled. Once you're flying, you're not going to try it anymore. You, you stick to just pump and stick up in the air and your foil, or let's say that's the kind of way where the foil development should go is a uh, very important that, that, yeah, just easy going and having fun and still experiencing performance. Th that was the idea, you know, like I got to test so much gear and then saw the direction where the sport was headed. And then amazing saw that guys that I'm good friends with were chasing that and watch their levels, their frustration during sessions, but they yeah, could true. that turn. And so they wanted to stay on that new thing because they could do that one turn, but then everything else was suffering. And it was like, well, yeah, we one beautiful turn, but that's a one turn wonder, you know, right. And I want to, I want to link and com com combine. And I'm actually right now, you know, I'm, I'm closely involved with development with, with all my brands yeah. and I'm having, I'm having the honor to actually change things really, really quick. But then always realizing, just as you also did, realizing that it takes two seasons to get it on, onto the market. And within two seasons, the sport changes so much that right now I'm like, I'm actually waiting for a prototype, which is about to get sent to Brazil. It's right now probably in Miami. So it's closer to you. You should probably get, go down there and, get and grab it. <laughs> it's a, 
it's a, it's a, it's a, I, you know, I'm not copying, but I'm, I love to write all the files and I literally try to get all the files under my, f- under my feet. And I'm not the kind of guy who's measuring top speed or whatever. I'm all about the feel and the pop and just the sensations writing it. And I think this is going to be really epic, but I'm almost sure it's going to arrive here at Christmas when I'm back home in Switzerland. Cause I look at the tracking and it's just getting, yeah, every, every day there's like one day more delay. <laughs> so it is what it is. But yeah, development is going mad. It's insane what's going on. And I'm, 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 I'm texting a lot with Kane to be, to, I mean, honest, I'm like now fully honestly, I should, Kailani is my idol because he writes whatever he loves to write. And me, I really, really appreciate the equipment I write, but I know there's so much really good equipment around and very precise and very dialed in the equipment. And that's, I'm jealous about Kane that he now finally has the chance to just like dial his set till the very, very perfect tune, tuning. And then he's just gonna, he's just enjoying it to the max. He's like, the easiest way to look at the fall that's really good is when you can stretch your legs and you like, you heel bump, heel bump uh, a proper wave and you just don't move. And that's what he does all the time right now. And me, I'm like going back and forward and back and forward. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So a lot of work still to do, but work is in progress. And every session I write my fault right now, the one I write right now, I have like a moment where I'm like, wow, this fault is a dream. That's the fo- best fault ever. And then two, three seconds later, I'm like lying in the water because it just boosted me into the air. So that's, there's definitely room to improve. And I, I remember I, in your show, KT, he mentioned that we were at 60 and 40%. I think 40% foil and 60, no, 40% foil and 60% boards. And I agree. There's still room to improve. Yeah. Where do you see it? At the moment, I would say foils probably 35 and boards 25. I'm more pessimistic. (laughs) But but also, just also as we don't, you know, maybe foils in two years going to be a magnet and then there's no must anymore. And you're like hovering over a plate in the water. I guess I just hope it's not getting too technical, but I'm almost sure that like foiling or even monofoils, just making it more efficient and easier and simpler. Maybe I hope we're not going to fly drones over the water surface, but maybe there's going to be like crazy shit going down in five years. <laughs> I hope to be, to be still around and doing it. I mean, definitely. <laughs> Think about what could happen with material science to have a mast that was five millimeters thick or something. Oh, like that. we go, yeah, we're going down in thickness as well. Cause our supple masts, they're very, very thick. And I know you're like, you're, 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 I mean, you're, you're, you're in love with your new mast and that's definitely, it thick. feels like going through butter, but it's still thick. I mean, you written the new mast yet. I haven't wrote, wrote your new mast. I was, he's, he, yeah. he got the set from the very beginning. Yeah. But probably he's going to spend more money. <laughs> well, it's, he, he will appreciate it. But no, what I'm saying is like with Sapphire as well, we, there, it's a crazy development team involved there, but they're coming from the radio controlled helicopter industry. And it's insane what, like they're, they're sitting behind the computer looking at vortex and whatever when they're analyzing their front wings. And I'm like behind them and I just tell them, Hey, I, I, 
I, I see nothing. Give me the foil. I got to feel it. And I'm almost sure that we're going, we're going to be, yeah, there's still a lot of room to improve. It's such a planes flying through the air. It's insane since hundred years and we're foiling since 10 years now, I would say. So we're nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love my favorite part in the process. And I'm, I'm at that part place again right now, which is when you get the foil and you haven't yet ridden it. I just got a new proto that we're Oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it blows your mind, the expectation. And you could just dream what it's going to feel like. And I've gotten better at being able... How many chances are you going to give that prototype? Does it need to feel perfect in the first run? No. No, it doesn't need to feel Three. perfect. No. <laughs> Close. It, what I'm looking for at the beginning is... Because you have to figure out how to tune it first. And yeah. the first version of this foil, and the reason why we did a second is that with the line, we, we want to have a consistent feel across all the foils and we want mm -hmm. them to tune the same way. And it took like one and a half degrees shim to get this foil to feel good. And a it lot of track, <laughs> but, but like it needs to be in line with everything else. And so that's what yeah. we're going with this, with this version of it, but. I love that feeling of not knowing what something, I used to love it with surfboards too, of just not knowing the... Yeah, it could be a big error or I'm the same with actually my prototype, which is coming now. I took three different fall sections. I, I, I tried to sneak out a lot of inform information from Kane, but he's not, I mean, he's such a calm guy. He's not sharing any thought. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm the kind of guy going at the beach. I like, I look at any and every fall and I take notes with my uh, 3D scan brain. <laughs> no, but it's probably going to be like this. As soon we're going to be at the beach with our smartphones scanning the whole the fo whole foil line lineup. No, but I'm, I'm trying something. I'm almost sure it's not going to work, but I can't expect something from it. And I'm ah, loving it. <laughs> I can't wait to ride it. Let me, let me send me one. You, you should. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should. I would love. Yeah, we got to hang out once and I would love to share with you with you the falls. I'm actually having, I'm also having different prototypes here with me. I came with a big, big foil quiver because they want to, to obviously see me testing them, but I always get back to my, to my loft foils, which is bad. I've been sticking for a very, very long time to the same foil, but like that helped me as well progressing. I Once you have a foil, you feel dialed in. It's, it's annoying to, to always like swap. Yeah, I feel like Sab was really ahead of the game, especially yeah, we've been like early downwinding, like high aspect. Yeah, there but was. Then a, we we lost. We didn't lose track. The problem is, it's a small factory. If you would visit that factory in Italy, it's very close to my place. So I'm often driving down for even for just two, three work days. And I went actually just before coming here. I was in the fa in in the factory, sending my old steps, and that's. I love it. You know, I'm a landscaper. So my profession used to be like cutting stones with, with, with machines and whatever. So I love to work with my hands. Lately, I'm missing this also a bit. So I was in the factory, sending my small steps because we have to progress on small steps as well. And that was such a humbling feeling. And we can change things so quick at Subfoil. Within one week, we have prototypes, less than one week. And, and the crazy thing is that they started this big, big distribution network. And you know how it is for the market to accept the product. It takes forever. 
And we cannot just launch every three three months a new prototype or a new series. And that's uh, that's the the way the sport is slowing down at the moment. But it's the good thing at the same time is the products are not bad. We just need to, yeah, to tune them right. And that's one thing where a lot of people, especially the subpole riders, they struggle a lot because they can choose from about 200 different models. And even me as an expert, knowing all the numbers and the feels, I'm sometimes lost looking at the, at at all the friends calling me or texting me messages. And that's one thing. It, it, it's you either way you just want to go out and have fun and that's what i appreciate with products like you or or you will be tuning till the very end of your life <laughs> which is important and good do you enjoy that process of tuning and playing with things and uh, i'm loving it <laughs> i have so many shims with me that i don't even know what i'm shimming anymore i'm like shimming front and back wing and but that's the guys they need it the only thing is and that's the that's what's missing at Subfoil. My 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 foil designer I'm working with, he's a he's a freaking nerd when it comes to flying his helicopters, but he doesn't foil on his own. It's it, the guys in the factory, the the owners, they're involved into water sport. But the guy designing, when I'm explaining him my feels, he's confused. He's looking at me and he's like, What are you talking about? But then it's actually smart because he's like slowing me down and he's explaining me the, let's say just the theory of what I feel. And that's so nice. And when he sees a clip of me preaching a foil and then he sees like the ventilations, like he's almost having an orgasm looking at it, you know, for him, this is like the best thing ever. Uh, he, he would never start winging, you know, this guy, but he loves how his, his baby's going to act on the water and what happens with them. You know, have you ever seen that show Air Disasters? It's about Air disaster. plane crashes. Oh, dude, yes. So true. <laughs> we were watching <laughs> last night, and That's I love that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's basically like it, you know, like they go through the technical aspects of why the plane crashed. And so we watched an episode last night the where black box. You you're gonna invo- you're gonna involve a black box in your in your front wings now. <laughs> but the. Oh tail got stuck in a nose down position and the pilots were fighting Shit. it you know, holding like they couldn't hold the plane up then it's super they need to turn it <laughs> upside down but <laughs> and i was thinking like all you have to do is like if they just would have had all the passengers run to the back of the plane true breach that whole front just gotta move <laughs> just change the pivot angle <laughs> yeah oh amazing you know what would be my dream, and I hope hopefully one day I'm gonna succeed. I just seen it as well now from uh, from from former again. Like there's this guy who got twelve weird looking boards, and I would love to have twelve weird looking foils and just test them blind, so oh, not knowing who oh. was actually who was actually doing these foils. And you know, I I'm at the moment. I think I'm at the point where I can use one front wing and three different stabilizers. And I could be riding in any and every conditions. And some of these stabilizers, they're made quite rude and quick by hand from me, but it changes so much of feel. And that's ridiculous. And also I'm experimenting with soft stabilizers at the moment. And that gives me this like loose feeling, but like super grippy, carfy feeling. 
that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that we soon going to have like multiple different stabilizers with different flex, ti flex tips or whatever, like the surf industry as well. Front wing needs to be 100% rigid, mast as well, but maybe the stabilizer could be soft. Talk through well, the setup that. that you could ride. What would the front wing be? What are the tails and what are the feels that you get from the tails? So the one I use most of the time at the moment, it's a, it's a mid-aspect 850. So quite a big foil. I'm, I'm 80 kilos, so I'm always overfoiled with a lot of front foot pressure. But that's the kind of way I love it. So I can trust the foil. I need a foil. I can like just go to a stall speed, which is ridiculous, but then increase very dynamically to a serious speed, like a quite a fast speed. I'm, I'm always impressed how fast my, my latest front wing can go, although he flies really early. Um, and gets up, gets up early. So it's 850 and the step is at the moment at 180. So quite a big step. But I'm going down on the step surface to 140 almost to get just this loose skatey feeling and also a more crazier rolling axe. But, and the backflip, like when, when you, when you decrease the size of your step, the flip's going to be ridiculous. You, you're going to flip not on purpose, especially doing like double flips. And then the fuselage length, I've, I've, I've been the guy not going too short, but now I'm on 66 cm. You know, that's crazy. I'm European, so it's all in cm and symmetrical dials. Then, <laughs> dude, no, but at mast size, 83, that's my magic number at the moment. I realized downwinding, I should be probably on a bigger mast because I had some, some weird, like, you know, when you're drifting away and you're dreaming of something. Then all of a sudden you 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 drop down. Well, well yeah. downwinding the trend has been going to shorter mass because then you can get up smaller foils. You get it up yeah, in with the speed, or direct speed speed connection. That's for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. but I I love to have one set and get very very dialed in on that set, and that's what I ride at the moment. Since yeah, at the moment I think the foil I'm using right now I've been I've been riding more than seven eight months, and that's. Definitely one of the longest I've been on one front wing. It's, and that, you know, I have three smaller sizes, two smaller sizes of this front wing and the bigger one, but I always use, I always choose that one from four knots, no wind to 55, 60 knots. And that's, that's the way to go for me. You know, I've been going smaller, shorter fuses lately with a wider span tail. And liking that feel a whole the, lot. I'm the KT, Maui, Kane, Marlin, he, he sent me the biggest one. I asked him which one, which one he, he recom recommends me. And then yeah. he sent me the biggest one, which is a really large span. But Tells I agree. Me. I love it's, that feel. I mean, I've, you know, by feel, I go like two, three meters longer on the glide, which is ridiculous. It boosts. That's what people don't know. A stabilizer can boost their front wing or their whole foil setup to, to another level. And yeah, I don't but like I love both. So for uh, the industry, you know, for the industry, it should be easy. But for us fall nerds, we should be, yeah, dreaming, dreaming about it and like just make it happen as well. And maybe not spend too much time on thinking how it could move or react or feel. But just go for it and do it. And I know there's the problem, you know, a mold is very expensive, but at Sapo, they agreed now with me that I, I have so many wishes and dreams and crazy ideas. 
that they're building cheaper molds now just to make three, four samples. <laughs> and then they can accept it, you know, because otherwise if we, if we got to do a proper mold all the time, they, they go, they go mental. Nothing. But then we're facing the, the, the offsets, you know, but I'm, I, I'm the kind of guy who's doing big changes and then stepping back once I have something found. I love that. I mean, that's the way, that's the way the sport is going to move forward at a steep pace, you know, it's I like, hope so. I hope so. Absolutely. I, you know, my, my, my hopes are, I don't have many, many hopes, but I, I mean, I hope my, my daughter one day gonna, gonna get into water sport, whatever she wants to. I mean, even if it's going to be boogie boarding, <laughs> no, but then she got to face boogie foiling, which is maybe the last thing I want to see her doing. <laughs> no, but I should actually try it. Have you ever tried boogie foiling? Not, not on purpose. <laughs> That's the kind of way how I did it already. When learning the takeoff, <laughs> uh, slamming my balls so hard. No, no, but I, so my dreams, my dream is that I still experience these falls, which are just magic. And I mean, latest, lately I've been riding a few front wings where I was like, oh, it's always a compromise. The perfect car will never exist. You cannot, you cannot make the fastest car that, that can jump and whatever, you know, and you can. So it's always compromises, but I get, I think we're getting more and more dialed in, but I still give 35%. <laughs> Talk about your, 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 your mentality a little bit, because, you know, I got the impression time that we've had a chance to, to speak and we've communicated via text. You don't really get personality over text. You get some of it through Instagram, but. Yeah. And me, I'm over, over social media. You know, I'm very living into the moment. And sometimes people texting me and then, or even a project right now, I feel very bad because a friend, he wants to do a really, really cool downward project where he's going to donate to kids, which can't walk for each KM we're going to do. But I, I feel worried. He wanted to start from dusk till dawn, but I'm really worried that we're not going to make that many Ks. And you know, I'm living into the moment. So when it happens, it happens. And if we're not going to do 300 Ks, like he wishes to. I mean, Olivia, I, I got to lift my, I just lifted my cap right now. Cause I mean, she's insane. 280 K going down, downwind. That's ridiculous. No, but I'm straightforward. I live into the moment and I should, Eva is always telling me I should let my opponent speak and not, I'm an open book, you know, Eric. <laughs> Have you always been this positive? Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm overstoked. In, I mean, you know, I have two brothers and both of them, honestly, could be mentioned as well in your, in your show. Cause Jack is maybe the last very passionate winter foil freestyler. I still love it, but he's like fully into it. And then my smallest brother, Clem, he's a, he's a freak. He's good at anything he does. He picked up foiling as, as quickest, I would say. But he's a, yeah, he's a freak. He's, he's working at the surf school and in South France and he's hating on foiling and then he's getting back into it. And then he's, he's having, you know, my dad, he's, he's also a very, uh, a crazy character, let's say. And he definitely gave some, some very positive energy to us, but also some, yeah, some frustration and, anger and energy that's that you don't want to mention in this show here so 
I'm just I'm just super stoked that he's he's dry and clean now since many many years. But back in the youth of us, my my mother, she had to handle a lot, and I think that really made us brothers to where we we at right now. And you know, I got to put a big shout out to my dad for putting a skate ramp into our house when I was eleven. <laughs> that was. I might need to mention he put that skate trap into our house because he didn't want us to hang us around at the skate park with all these dudes, which are gray. And yeah, just, just like my dad as well. He didn't have like the best, yeah, the best past. And then all of a sudden, all these dudes were hanging around in our, in our house. <laughs> so we, we failed on that one, <laughs> but all the three of us, we sort of survived and. Yeah, keep that positivity and that just that eager to get out there and explore and explode. <laughs> you find it hard, you know. I'm I'm a I'm a positive person. Like, I tend to go with with the energy around me in a way where <laughs> you know, like when the surf is good and I'm in the water all the time. But sometimes ah. you know, it gets hard if it's I'm away from the ocean for a long. Do you feel that as well? Like when you're when you're home and it's winter and you're out of the well, water. Yeah, you get depressed. Too. But you know how I actually really survived this, this depressed moment? I guess it was the, the kind of pool under my house, which I never really start digging. But there were moments I start digging holes around my house when I was really angry. And uh, landscaping was actually really good because I was digging holes with the shovel. Like I kept on digging. I think for me, it's just if I, ca if I can't get out there on the water, I got to, I got to do something physically that really gets me tired because I cannot get to bed. Rest days is the worst thing for me. On rest days in the evening, I, first of all, I'm, I'm not tired. And then I have so many bad thoughts. So I just quit the rest days and I'm going to rest when I'm dead. <laughs> Maybe. What do you, you, you've listened to a lot of the shows. What do you think about the flow conversations? You know, going back to that's what I love. And Eva was telling me just two days ago, she was telling me I was like super nervous. The conditions were firing and she was like, oh, just leave me. Go downwinding. It's good for you. <laughs> and she was right. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it called me down a lot. The latest few, few downwind experience because it's challenging. It gets me to the, you know, it gets me to the moment. I almost got seasick because I was looking at the light and like observing and I was at the moment, like I, my body told me, you got to stop now, sit down, relax. And then at the same time, I was like, oh, when I sit down now, I will not get up anymore. And they kept me like, it, it made me so small. It showed me that I'm so small in this nature. And that's, I think that's what's so giving from water sports that you really play with the nature and play with the elements and just, yeah, get to bed tired afterwards and dream of it. <laughs> T today, my mind keeps going back to moments on our run that we had today. And it was yeah. such a beautiful, chaotic, it was organized chaos out there. Organized. And organized. <laughs> here's a couple moments where I was just looking around and it's just such a surreal place to be. You know, you live your whole life not knowing that that exists. It, yeah. It's so foreign. It's and amazing at the same time. And I never thought that my body would go through such like, it's, it's like, it's, you know, the emotions, it's like a roller coaster because it goes up, down, up, down, up, down. And if it's insane, but we all like every, every person on the earth loves just to go downhill, you know, and there's this saying that 
you know, age is just a number. Once you're over the hill, you pick up speed. And right now at the moment, like with downwinding, that's how I feel like, I would not say there goes the winger, but I've, I, appreci I appreciate the possibilities that, that come along with downwinding. And I can't wait to do the next one, hopefully tomorrow. And I'm progressively stepping down, but I'm almost sure I will not get to the point that I'm going to overtake bumps just to be the first person at the finish line. And I think that's, that's what makes me, you know, I'm very competitive and I, I was already thinking, oh, yep. I've had a pump full race two months or one month ago where I was going to my limit, like where I could not pump harder. And I think downwind racing going to be similar. It's going to be for freaking crazy guys who just like are super endurance. And I just still love the beer in the evening after the session. And I appreciate the coffee in the morning. Although after your podcast with Rob a few, a few weeks ago, I was like, mm, maybe I should stop drinking coffee. <laughs> but I'm not going to change my life. No, I, no, um, living the moment. I was, I was eating and drinking too much there for a while and I got up to 195 pounds. I mean, summer, you're just hanging out with the guys and we started fishing a lot this summer. And wow, cool. Fishing, fishing can be, can be dangerous. I love it. It's so but fun. Maybe you should, maybe you should start, start downwind fishing because that's one thing I, you know, I'm very scared of, of what's underneath the water surface. I'm even known, I'm, I'm not a good swimmer. That's crazy. I mean, that's why I'm surfing, you know, I'm, I'm always back up on the board again. And now downwinding, I start seeing all this wildlife. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to witness. Like there was a moment yesterday where I just looked up into the sky because I didn't want to even see what's there, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I appreciate it a lot that we can share the ocean with all these animals underneath of me. And I might need to face a dive course just to see what's really underneath. And me neither. No, I just love to play. And that's so weird because, you know, yesterday when I was like looking up and back, I, fought, I obviously felt into the water and then I was right there where I didn't want it to be. I felt like my heart was up probably the highest peak of that run. <laughs> and then I went straight up onto to the board and I was like telling me, come on, you're not safe. If something wants to really like get at you, you would not be safe on that board now. But it like was like, oh, good, I'm safe. <laughs> But I still, I kept up paddling up straight away again. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that feeling. You know, like when I talk to people about with like winging versus downwind is that a bad day winging, you get offshore, you've got all this gear. It's like the worst. It's my least favorite thing in all of foiling yeah. is the wing, wind come down and you're offshore and you're getting it. It's just no fun. Oh, all that long distance to get. But you know, that's, you're just a piece of foam floating around out there. I mean, the fish wouldn't bother about that piece no, of foam. He might I'm come and that part. else. Uh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm, I just don't like, it's just a pain, you know, all the gear and stuff. Like coming from surfing where you just grab your board and you go. Easy going, going, yeah. Board and, yeah the hassle. But I, but I tell <laughs> my guys, like my buddies who are like getting into downwinding is, is like, if it all goes wrong, you're still just going for a nice, beautiful sup paddle out in the ocean. And you're still Perfect. like, it's still fun. People do that for oh. And there comes one thing I want to mention as well. And I've been trying in downwind from the very, very beginning to go 50, 50. I'm, you know, I'm a very strict regular foot wind surfer, but I'm, I would say 50, 50 wing foiling. So I'm, I'm open to both sides. And today in the morning I was paddling, I was surfing the wave regular, 
And then I was pump paddling 400 meters out to the peak again, goofy. And I think that's one of the best thing I could recommend to any, anybody out there. Just from the very, very beginning of for getting into the sport, try to not limit yourself to only 50% of the possibilities. Cause you, there is 100% if you're, you only master it 100%. Actually, I got to step it down even, even further. You only master it 100% if you're able to do 25% goofy on your own and then 25% goofy explaining it to someone and then the opposite with regular. So you got to be like, first of all, you, you have to learn it on your own, explain it to someone and then do it on both sides. And that's when you master it 100%. But I know that that's a big task and most of the people out there, they're just too comfortable and they get, get along with how they do it good. But uh, try both sides. It's, it's just going to make the experience even better because you never know one day you're going to end up in a perfect left-hander and you're a goofy rider, which backside is fine as well. But just to, just to make it even harder for yourself. <laughs> What's the best way to learn to wing switch? Because I don't, I don't do it. I don't switch my feet at all when I wing. The uh, best way is like just getting up onto the board, going into the front step, front strap switch, and then get going. You can do it. It's, it just gets harder the longer you wait. That's what I realized as well. In windsurfing, I still, I still have a bunch of tricks that can't do on both sides. And in winging, I try to, to learn from that error from the very, very beginning. And I, I faced now all the tricks on both sides. And in windsurfing, like, you know, once you learned it, it's going to take much longer to adapt it to the other side. But at the very, very beginning, at the first stage of getting into it, I guess opening up your mind to both sides is a very good thing. I mean, I, I also grew up with my mother being left-handed and my dad right-handed and he wanted us to be right-hand like everyone else. And my mother wanted us to be left-handed just as it's, it's nice or as she was left-handed. But I guess it helps to just even simple things like cleaning your ass, just like swap the hands or whatever, just to be, be full. You're going to live longer when you're a, when you're a, a full you, you know, and not just a half, half, half switch person. Cause I'm, I have two CM, um, I don't know how you call it, but my, my right shoulder is much higher from all the pumping on my, on my right leg as a regular foot rider. And it's insane. Like my body is so asymmetrical, but that's the way I'm going to die. And I just try to slowly adapt now and Isn't don't do that mistake again and changing feet. <laughs> crazy how our bodies adapt to these sports. I've gone through it with. They do. Yeah. Subsurfing. Even the fall, the fall development adapts because now we're doing falls that might have more like front foot pressure so that we can get along with like 50 50 on the wrong side. <laughs> it's bro it's possible my gear is so front-footed now that the run we did today i was cramping in my front leg <laughs> it's it's it changed from back legs cramping to front leg cramping that's so funny. now that's the moment when you got to switch the feet and just relax and you then you can get it back at it. yeah exactly all right hey i'm time. i'm about yeah it's about time my daughter and wife coming back from the pool Oh, it's good to see them enjoying the water element as well. Love and it. actually, actually, my, my Eva went on the downwinder, not alone. 
because we have a, a baby in the belly. So she's bringing again with another graduate of us. <laughs> Thank you. But she was, even with Lotta, she, she kept on winging. She's now, I don't know, already quite far, going to be here next spring. The, the other miracle. But she kept on winging with Lotta forever. And I can think that's why Lotta really likes to be so active as well. Just think about all those beautiful chemicals. Yeah, I guess so. Bro- you know, it was re- awesome. like a fun story. Her small brain is very big. And this part of the small brain, do you know, that was just like when we did this ultrasonic checkup. It's, it's stupid doing it. But when we did it, then the girl said, oh, you know, her small brain is quite big. And that's the kind of area for the balance. And then Eva and me, we were like, hmm, maybe she was just, she was just too much foiling in the belly of the mother. Maybe that affects the babies if the mother is foiling as well. But I guess not. <laughs> what do you want to leave folks with? This has been epic, man. Just made my day. <laughs> just, just really appreciate the possibilities and never ever limit yourself and just aim to become a better version of, of yourself and go out there and have fun. And never ever do it for someone else, but just do it for, for your soul and for, for the community, for your friends. And yeah, never limit yourself and anything and everything's possible when you, when you go for it. <laughs> this you. is one of those podcasts that I want everyone to listen to because your positivity is infectious. And I think that. Oh, thank you. One of the reasons I well, love I'm, I'm hoping to get a, a nice sundowner and definitely a great surf tomorrow morning again. And then. Yeah, get creative from the downwinding. I'm wow, I'm hooked. Thank you a lot. <laughs> all right. Have an epic session and thank you so much. You but hey, the thank you a lot. <laughs> Looking forward to meeting you for real. Deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen.